You are listening to Frank and Eric. Frank, check one, two. Hey. <laughs> uh, what's up? We're back. It's been a minute. It's uh, been over a year. Uh, and uh, yeah, we sort of had some complex feelings about our work. We worked through them. Yeah, we uh, we thought through our... Pro- Actually, we just got very drunk and, and said to ourselves, <laughs> we have something special here. <laughs> we should keep doing it. I cried. Yeah. And then <clears throat> here we are. Yeah, here we are. In the new studio uh-huh. with some new equipment. New gear. We are both extremely hungover from last night when we made the decision to do a podcast again. <laughs> and here we are. How are you feeling? Are you feeling hungover? I, no, you know, I don't. I don't feel great, but I don't feel terrible. Um, took a lot of Advil this morning and last night, which helped. And uh, you guys drank bigger beers than me. Yeah, I can't pass up a 32-ounce beer special. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm good. I don't need 32 ounces of beer for each serving. I had multiple 32-ounce beers. Yeah, you had like three three of those. I things. think so. Yeah. Um, I would say on a scale of... One to waking up on a with a upside down pizza on your hotel room floor. <laughs> I am somewhere around an eleven thousand. <laughs> um, yeah, I I did the uh, you know I just woke, woke up early and was feeling kind of like gross, uh, but I'm okay right now. I've been definitely been more hungover in the past. You messaged our chat at like five forty five a.m. Yeah, yeah, I was so, up. <laughs> I was a little concerned. I was like, is he just? Did he just keep drinking all no, night? No, no, no. <laughs> I, well, I, I fell asleep trying. I tried to watch Fleabag at like eleven o'clock, so I was asleep at like eleven thirty. If that, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I came home. I think I, I I watched something on YouTube, but I came home and I poured a beer mm-hmm. when I got home, Insane. and it was like sitting on the table. And I remember looking at it and thinking, like, oh, I can't waste it. And then I I like picked it up to my face and I was like, Oh God, no. And I just dumped it out. It was a bad scene. That was a smart move though. Yeah. It was a fun night though. Yeah. We had turbo chat out. He was in rare form. Oh my God. So we, we just tried to meet up and have some beers. I tried to get my friends. I lived near this place called Mecklenburg's in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's and, Frank's Cheers. And it's my favorite place. Um, <laughs> there's a guy who looks like a metalhead that works there, but he's just like an art school kid who is into like one on Tricks Point Never and Gaspar Noe. Um, I don't even know what those things are. Gaspar Noe? What's that? Uh, he made that movie Climax. Oh, okay. Uh, that came out recently. Uh, I saw it with a friend and she cried almost through the, almost the entire thing. It's about a bad acid trip. It's a bunch of dancers hanging out for a night and they all do too much acid and lose their minds. It sounds really familiar, it's but very it's not intense. It's super, super intense. Um, I would not watch it with Maya. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Um, there's like incest in it and there's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot anyway. Um, it's a party. It's he's my friend <laughs> <laughs> saying that was the point of bringing him up. Um, anyway, we should get to the, the brass tacks of, uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, so this is, uh, I'm assuming that anyone who's bothering to listen to this <laughs> is probably a former listener. Familiar with our previous work. Our previous podcast, which was called Frank and Eric Internet Famous. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as a name did not age well. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, and that is why this new podcast, which is a very different podcast. Very different. Is called Frank and Eric. It's new. It's new. <laughs> 
Um, and so the idea, we thought, you know, we need like a rubric for a show. Like yeah. we can't, we, um, you know, in 10 years exhausted a lot of our, uh, we mined our own personal stories of embarrassment yeah. and, um, you know, offensive anecdotes and things like that. So what we're going to do is we are going to have a single thing each episode that we will ultimately talk about or review or uh, it it will just sort of be the thing we're talking about. So basically we're going to give you something as like a a primary interest of, of ours and that will be like a guiding light through each episode. Yes. And it's something that is not necessarily relevant or interesting or good but it's something that we like (laughs) yes yeah or i could see i could potentially see us talking about something that we like to hate oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it might be something terrible sure but it's something that for whatever reason we find valuable to talk about yes so we're starting off uh episode one um fittingly with uh earth crisis's firestorm yes which uh, I don't think the first time I heard it, I realized it was going to provide a through line of references <laughs> for my entire life. Um, so Firestorm, if you're not familiar, uh, is a song by Earth Crisis and also an EP. It's their second EP. It came out in what? 19, 19, what did I say? 1994? Yeah, it's pretty early. 94, I think. Yes. So I was literally 13 years old the first time I listened 93, to it. 93, sorry. Oh, I was 12. <laughs> On uh, Victory Records. So you heard this when it came out? Maybe I didn't hear it like upon release, but I definitely heard it when it was like a new thing. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with what Earth Crisis is or does, uh, they're a 90s uh, New York, like upstate New York, Syracuse hardcore band. They're from Syracuse? Yeah. I thought they were from like New York City. No, no, Syracuse. I thought they were from Boston for a minute. Um but no. Um, and uh, yeah, came out on victory and they, I, I will say for all intents and purposes, they suck, right? Like they, <laughs> they kind of suck. Their music is kind of bad. Okay. So I think that, <laughs> I think that we should uh, maybe qualify that a little bit. Like they suck. Definitely. <laughs> 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 but they suck in a pretty awesome way in a very specific way. So, yeah. uh, for me, my first introduction to earth crisis, uh, came via, um, the music CD store in the mall called the wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also they were on victory records, which I was aware of as a kid. And so I would go and like look at victory's catalog and to see what was up. But I also was very interested in what were the hardcore straight edge bands doing and like who was in that scene. So earth crisis is basically like your quintessential straight edge hardcore band outside of uh, minor threat, obviously. But yeah, but I, I don't think, I don't think that different people world. who got into hardcore, like via firestorm, <laughs> give a shit about minor threat. Like no. a, that's, that's sort of like a, they're like do, doing the work backwards and then yeah, being yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like I, I have to go and appreciate this because, yeah. but if you were like, as someone who was there, if you were into firestorm, like you were just into the like guitars and fucking spin kicks. Yes. Bullshit. And so that scene was more like kind of, kind of bro tough guy yet. Vegetarian straight edge, like we care about the world. We have very serious issues to talk about, but also in a very intense way. 
Yeah, I think a lot about that time in my life and just sort of like in the like uh, subculture that I was involved in because like everything felt so important. Yeah. But when you look back on it, like in the grand scheme of things, given the fucking fiery hells hellscape that we're living in right now, all of that seems like such bullshit. Oh, of course. Um, but I like everybody was so earnest and thought about it. Like, so I, I just wanted to mention this. So this other podcast that we've mentioned a million times before. Oh yeah, dude. Legends. Super, super good show. Uh, there was a recent episode that I was listening to where Seth was saying it's important to be able to acknowledge that stuff that you were into at one point sucks. Oh yeah. And like he was talking about how weird it is to see guys who are like pushing 40 going to like, like a Pennywise show wearing like, baggy cargo shorts and you know like like still and being like this is good yeah yeah yeah. it's not it's okay to say that you thought it was good and that like it and you have something for it yeah but like there is it is really weird i I just i mean that's a little bit of a tangent but i think it's it's something worth addressing that like it's okay to look back on these things that we were hyper passionate about and say that was stupid. <laughs> I loved Thursday when they came out. I loved that band. And that first EP waiting and the full length, full collapse were just my fucking jam when I was like 18. I never got into Thursday. I, I, I definitely listened to them, but like I was not, it was not my shit. I was really picking up what they were putting down at the time. I saw them recently and it is garbage. It is like unlistenable. Wait, didn't we go see Thursday together? No, no, I don't think so. Oh no, we saw who did we see? Who what's the Bob Nana band? Bob Nana band. Braid? Did we see them together? Oh yeah, we did. That yeah, was bad. That was also that really was, bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah. And, oh, and the Jazz June, was that it? Yeah. They were good. They were fine. I thought they were fine. That I was thought, a bummer of a show though. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They were that was that I walked out of that feeling. I like, forgot about that. This I does brought not that out of my hold mind. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah thursday did not hold up at all like i i found his like bad singing endearing and like authentic at the time but 20 years later it's yeah i haven't figured that out i i'm sure that i've mentioned this on the podcast before but uh there's something there's like to me something really appealing about like you obviously a lot of these bands have bad singers and yeah. whatever but when you're listening to it you're like i'm listening to a 17 year old who's performing at like the absolute limit of their ability yeah. because they're passionate about yes, this. Yes. So that's what you're, you're like, you're keyed into. Mm-hmm. But when you go see them and they're 45 years old and they're like doing it, like they're half asleep on stage, it's like, does not have the magic yeah. that you were hoping. They were was. trying to have the magic, but it just was not working. Uh, but back to earth crisis. Yeah. So like that scene kind of tough guys i mean i was too young to be a part of the scene and like be really into it but from what i recall also please note a lot of this might not be factually accurate oh <laughs> yeah you should we have we we have uh nothing but the wikipedia entry open and <laughs> frankly we're probably both too lazy to keep looking at it yeah so. <laughs> um but it, it was known for like guys in um basketball jerseys uh-huh and like the cargo pants and like the backpacks and that that scene yeah right? That was like the aesthetic of that of those guys. And well, I, I always associated that specific aesthetic with like Madball. 
Oh yeah, Madball was like so. the jerseys. Like I think Madball made Madball jerseys. <laughs> they did. They still do, I think. And H two O. Oh, H two O. Sick of it all. Do you say H two O? He's coming with ten fucking tubes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Eric has a new soundboard apparently, yeah. and I got uh, I loaded up some drops this morning. And do you have uh, the one about moshing? Uh, no, but I, I, good. I know I was trying to think, I can't, I was like, I can't load this up with nothing but H2O clips. <laughs> so, uh, I just have some random stuff on here. Like you might recognize this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what this is. Is this recording of you? Is this Chad? Oh, wait, no. I this is me when I woke up this morning. <laughs> that's Chad doing a beer shit. That's, uh, <laughs> that's Nick Cage in the bathroom in Mandy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. That's a great scene. Yeah. Man. Got, some, got some good ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so back to Firestarter. Firestorm, sorry. Firestorm. Um, so again, it came out in '94. Destroy the Machines was their full length after Firestorm. So, and that's been the best best selling record on Victory Records. I believe it. Yeah, that surprised me. I so <laughs> you know we had this conversation last night. We were like, we're going to do a show. Like, what's the first thing we should talk about? Firestorm, obviously. Yeah. And then I went home, and I'm sure you did too. Started listening to Earth Crisis, uh-huh. which it gets old quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I was like kind of clicking through their catalog and, uh, the album that came out after this EP, it has like the earth crisis symbol is like the wrenches. Yep. Do you know like the significance of that? No. It's like all about like monkey wrenching. Uh, So monkey wrenching as a term was like, uh, you would, um, like go in the middle of the night to sabotage like heavy equipment that was like busting up the environment. I see. So like. I remember when I was a teenager, I remember like hardcore kids talking about like we went monkey wrenching last night. And it's like, you're just vandalizing stuff. <laughs> you don't have any real ideals that you're standing up for. Yeah. And, uh, but huh. that, that was their whole thing. Like monkey wrenching was like going and like fucking up machines so that workers couldn't work. I didn't know that, that, uh, term meant, um, yeah, it's a little too militant and intense for my liking. Yeah. So I remember like, Back in the day, there was there was all these stories about how like at Earth Crisis shows, like you'd be outside if you went outside and had a cigarette, somebody would come up and punch it out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, come the fuck! Are you really concerned about my health right now? (laughs) Um, I was looking up other Earth Crisis like facts, and I found this um, quote from the singer uh, talking about what they're trying to do lyrically. Uh, they want to put a focus on documenting the history that corporate news and media chose to ignore. Um, so it was like Infowars, yeah, for hardcore kids. <laughs> so, so in his like him citing different like animal um, injustices, he says animals enduring violent, useless tests in laboratories. Fine, whales being killed with explosive harpoons. That's 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 the second thing he's worried about. Is that okay. a, is that a huge problem? Also, explosive harpoons. I would I would watch that all day. I'd watch a whale getting blown up with an <laughs> explosive harpoon, like first thing in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that I sounds mean, amazing. I got to be honest. 
I am slightly skeptical that that is occurring. Right. Um, exactly. But if it is in the hierarchy of things that are super fucked up about like our current world. Yeah. Whales being blown up with explosive <laughs> harpoons is like, that's a great t-shirt. I don't, I don't even think it breaks the top 1000. No. <laughs> uh, oh, well, we should mention that like, uh, another thing, they were super militant, uh, vegan, right? They're, yes. they're like yes. hardcore opposed to animal cruelty, which I am opposed to animal cruelty just generally. Yeah, of course. So that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. um, they believed that they were like, righteous warriors in the um fight against animal cruelty yeah but so the song itself uh the reason people like it so much is it's just like super chug-a-lug very moshy yes very basic straightforward song um a quote from someone what is it what does it say here let me find this quote here um a quote from a writer at metal sucks <laughs> called it a uh Rothko like masterpiece of restraint, uh, which you know, um, really generous. <laughs> with the re- it's not like Steve Vai went out there and played <laughs> Firestorm. <laughs> yeah, if Buckethead was like, "Yo, I wrote this new song and it was Firestorm," that would be an exercise <laughs> in restraint. <laughs> right? They probably just knew those chords. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean to downplay the effectiveness of yes. those chords because extremely effective. It rips. It's the only thing. Honestly, it's the only reason people care about Earth Crisis. Yes, is that song. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Gamora's season ends is pretty, pretty fucking awesome too. A song or a, or a record? I believe that's a song. Yeah, it might be the name of the album too. But I think I think it is the name of an album. It's that one that's like. I, I couldn't. It's got that great like bass roll off. Oh, it's good. Um, but after you get through those two tracks, you're like, I'm out. <laughs> it's very, very metal. Um, it, I feel like it is the prototypical song of that specific subgenre. Yes. Like not hardcore, because when people talk about hardcore, they're talking about everything from minor threat to like, I don't know what's like uh, one of them. Is there a contemporary hardcore band that's that like Agent Orange or Code Orange? Sure, sure. Yeah. Like everything that that you know is, <clears throat> exists in that space. But there's like many individual like subgenres in there, and the like chug chug like like fucking breakdown in the middle. Like it's paint by numbers. Like, but they were like metal too, though. They were yeah. they were like metalcore. Which I guess what what's really happening at the time, wasn't it? Uh, like metal hardcore? Like biohazard, maybe? That, that was more like, like thrash metal. Yeah, they're more thrash. But yeah. like uh, I I don't think that they were they ever successfully created a song that was like so <clears throat> purely like we're coming in with the riff. We're gonna have the chugga chugga in the middle for you to punch each other in the face, and then we're gonna have the riff again, and then and then the lead singer is just like the the lyrics are Oof, the vocals are terrible. The vocals are terrible, but the lyrics are on par with like Pantera Walk. Yes, in terms of yes, like like simplicity and like street by street, block by block, we're taking it all back. And you're like 13 and living in the burbs. <laughs> what are you taking back? <laughs> <laughs> Also, what's Earth Crisis taking back? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah, like what does that mean exactly? Like the college campus in Syracuse? <laughs> <laughs> You're taking the Earth back from us? Well, I got to take a sip out of my giant novelty Norm mug from Cheers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so that's 
That's our review of the Earth Crisis oh, and Firestorm. Man. So on the EP, which we're reviewing, obviously, yes. this is the review of it. it. There's two more songs, and they both they both suck. Um, I couldn't tell them apart, honestly. Oh, yeah. I listened to the EP on repeat today while doing yoga in my apartment, um, maybe five, six times. And just, I here's Firestorm, and then here's two other songs yeah. that sound like nothing. Utterly forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. It's funny. I, I'm reminded of when I was in Phoenix. I think when I went to Phoenix the first time, and I was hanging out with uh, listeners of the podcast, Charles and Leanne and uh, Lauren, and uh, I was in Charles's car, and he heard us talking about firestorm on the podcast but had never actually listened to it Uh and i was like yo let's let it rip and we put on firestorm and he was just marveling at how bad it was (laughs) he was like i i couldn't he i remember him just being like holy shit it's literally one chord yes effective Uh, i mean they found highly effective chord they found exactly the right chord yeah (laughs) <laughs> and they fucking hammered on that shit. Yeah, I never, I never loved the song. I never loved that genre or sound. It's, it's whatever. It's fine. But it, you know, at my twelve-year-old brain looking for hardcore, it was on the map. It was like one of the things I wanted to be into, but wasn't just because it was straight edge hardcore. That song uh, was massive in my not like not my immediate friend group. Like I was always a shitty pop punk kid. You know, I was Mm -hmm. always listening to like screeching weasel and stuff like that. But the, like if I look back on the evolution of the, like using air quotes here scene, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody was like, there were pop punk bands. That's who we went to see. And then when hardcore hit, every band was trying, every band was trying to make every song about, like to make it sound like firestorm. Hmm, yeah. So there was this band. If anybody listens to this and they know me, I don't care. Don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit about what you think. Don't, don't fucking hit me up to tell me I'm a dick, but there was this band chamber. Okay. <laughs> and it was like the, the, you know, local hardcore kids started this band and it was it's a good, like local hardcore band name. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and they were good for what they did. Uh, but they just wrote songs that sounded like fi- it was like firestorm with a different chord. <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> and, uh, I remember one time the bass player quit and, uh, we went to a chamber show and we were like, Oh, what are you guys going to do? Like the bass player quit. And they're like, we're so fucking heavy. We don't need a bass. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like 17 year olds. Yeah. But, yeah. They, they, uh, I'm sure nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Yeah. They printed up their own hoodies like with the uh, hardcore font, uh-huh, you know, yeah. they were straight edge, obviously. Course, yeah. uh, and they all, they all had the haircut that was like uh, shaved under kind of long on the top, but then a bandana. Oh, so the hair is sort of like flopping over, like flopping over the bandana. That's my run to the gym. Look very hardcore. Look. Yeah. Uh, did you ever listen to an albatross? Yeah. Uh, I remember when, you know, the lead singer, Ed Gita. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears> so he's from like my, local scene back home yeah and i remember when he was one of those hardcore kids and uh i like I, to this day i mean i know he looks like jim morrison now but like <laughs> i can still remember him like walking into cc's in music pennsylvania with the bandana like floppy hair parted down the middle like cascading over the bandana yeah hardcore hoodie on with like like you know, the local thing, whatever yeah. it was called. I don't know what, like, it was like, it just said like Wilkes-Barre Scranton straight edge or something uh-huh. and the uh, Saucony uh, shoes and the baggy pants. And every time I see him, 
you know, modern day Vegeta, yeah. I always think back and I'm like, mm, <laughs> you weren't always the lizard king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never like bought that hard into a like scene look, thankfully. Yeah, I always felt like the odd man out on that. Like, yeah, yeah, same. I had a um, one of those uh, studded belts. Oh, I had a studded belt. But I felt like a loser wearing it. I I remember I, I had a studded belt in high school. It was a three-row studded belt. It had to be three-row. If mm-hmm. it was like two or one row, you were a fucking kook. <laughs> but I had a three-row studded belt that I bought at Zipperhead in Philly. And I bought it when I was like 15 years old. And I was like, I am the coolest person ever. Yeah. And I, I was wearing it at school and uh, the security guard like dragged me off to the side and was like, you can't wear spikes. And I was like, they're not spikes, they're studs. <laughs> and we had this semantic conversation about like what's a spike and what's a stud. And I got away with it. Nice. I got to keep wearing it. I mean, it's not hurting anybody. You're fine. Seriously. Yeah. Like, can you imagine a fight where I take off my three row studded belt and start whipping a guy? <laughs> <laughs> that happens. There are bigger problems in your studded belt. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. So uh, that concludes <laughs> a review of Firestorm. <laughs> At the end of the episode, I'll close the episode with Firestorm. Obviously. Yeah. Of course. Um. Do you want? I got some more drops. Yeah. Wait. What? Oh, I got. Hello. That's uh from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep. Um. You should punctuate your jokes with with some of those. I know. Well, that's the idea. Eventually, it's very shock jockey. Eventually, I'm going to build a uh, a catalog of uh-huh. things you know that I can like reference throughout. But uh, do you have an air horn in there? I don't. I don't have mm. like an. I don't have the like. Yeah, yeah. I thought about, about that. Like a, oh, uh, oh I don't have any sound effects. They're all quotes. Uh, I don't, maybe this wasn't such a great maybe, maybe idea. Hit, what else you got? Um. All right. I got. I guess I only have two more. I got. Um, Yo, man, you fucked with my friend. You fucked with me. You beat up my friend. You beat up me, huh? You fucked with me. You fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> all these are very violent. Huh? Oh, they're all extremely violent. Here, yeah. here's your last one. I'm gonna take this right foot, and I'm gonna whop you on that side of your face. <laughs> what is that? You wanna know something? There's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. It's from Billy Jack. You ever see that movie? No. Oh, it's great. It's from the 70s. Yeah. It's like this, um, he's like a... That was a deep cut. He's like a Native American tough guy who uh, he gets really upset when he sees uh, Native American youths getting shoved around by the local whites. Okay. Billy Jack is played by a white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. But in America, Billy Jack, <laughs> Billy Jack is this character. I can't remember the guy who played Billy Jack. We should review Billy Jack maybe, but uh, <laughs> the guy who played Billy Jack did this movie walking tall. Yeah. Heard of which that. they remade the rock remade it. Okay. But the original is this guy, Billy Jack. And uh, he like dined out on that character for the rest of his life. He, he like self-funded a bunch of Billy Jack movies and people were kind of like, uh, I don't think yeah. we need any more Billy Jack, but he was like, I, I am me, a white guy. I am native American Billy. Jack. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it uh, definitely doesn't hold up. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what are you going to do? He's coming with 10 fucking tubes. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, I had this, uh, I recorded, a podcast with Maya for something, and I loaded up the entire board with uh, Alex Jones quotes and didn't That's tell funny. her. It was it was really funny. Did she enjoy it? No. 
Not at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that H2O record, also bad. Also yeah. a terrible band. Uh, but h- highly influential for uh, Huge. Young, young Frank. Oh, totally. Yeah. Huge. I remember listening. I remember blasting that in the Taco Bell parking lot when I was like 15 years old. Yeah. And we're torturing my um, freshman year roommate with it. He He's the guy literally who like wore his high school varsity jacket to school <laughs> and like loved Dave Matthews band uh, and found me very entertaining. I mean, realistically, a guy who wears his high school varsity jacket is not yeah. far off from an H2O fan. That's true. Like in terms of like yeah, yeah. what they're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, uh, the, I listened to that H2O, H2O album this morning because I wanted to get that tat fucking twos clip. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I can't resist. I'm just going to hit play on this. And I, one of the things I was thinking about, first of all, I can't believe how many albums H2O has. I know way too many. And they're all like this, like all the covers are the same variation on that, like bad, like flash tattoo design. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I was listening to that album and uh, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but I read an essay one time by this guy who was talking about listening to the Mr. T experience when he was young. Mm-hmm. That was and, like a super group, right? Wasn't it? No. Of some like other dudes? No, oh. no. Mr. Okay. T experience was like, like a really kind of early Bay area pop punk band. Oh, okay. Uh, someone else. <clears throat> Uh, I saw them playing Scranton with real big fish. Um, But anyway, uh, he was talking about how he was so young in the nineties listening to Mr. T experience and Mr. T experience writes all songs about heartache. Their biggest album I think is called song, like songs about girls or something. Uh, But he was like, I was listening to guys who were in their thirties playing music about a life experience that I never had. Mm -hmm. So it was like this weird uh vicarious experience sure like you when you're that young you want to feel heartache so you listen to a guy who has experienced heartache sing about it and you you cannot relate but you just go on that ride with him sure well you relate to like being isolated sure sure but you it's almost like it's like you've never been divorced sure sure (laughs) sure sure uh but you you have comparative experiences at this sure, point in sure, your life. Sure. Like if you see a movie about a divorce, like you've been through a breakup. No, so. I, I just mean like, you know, as a little kid, like you you feel awkward. Like you can't relate to being divorced or like getting dumped, but you can relate to like not dancing with anyone when I like, you know what I mean? Like sure, trying sure. to equate that to a bigger. I think it's also like you're, you're, you know, when you're 14 and you're listening to the Mr. T experience sing about a relationship that's gone wrong you're also like kind of filling in the story in your head so you're like oh man i wish i was going through that heartache too because that means i was in a relationship like i had i that means i got to go through the stuff that this guy is mourning the loss of um and so i was thinking about that that kind of blew my mind when i read that essay because i realized that that was the appeal of basically all the music i listened to as a teenager yeah yeah. i was i forgot what i was listening to or or watching or whatever but maybe it was like a self-help thing or like uh benet brown is that her name um it was something or maybe it was louis ck i don't know (laughs) i'm not sure but it was it was making the point that like you know when you had these like uh, terrible heartache moments. Just be thankful that you're able to have the heartache at all. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely value in like, yeah, 
you know, there's something to be said for the fact that you have the opportunity to be in those situations. I can't remember what that was. Maybe it was like a, uh, what's her name? Uh, that famous therapist podcast. Do you listen to that at all? Uh, she talks to couples in therapy. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking accent. about. Uh, isn't that on like Pearl like, something audible or something? Esther, Esther Perel. Sounds, that's it. Sounds yeah, like yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, I, I was thinking about that, uh, that like the, the vicarious experience that you get from listening to certain kinds of music at a certain age. And I was listening to H2O this morning and I was thinking about like blasting H2O in the parking lot at Taco Bell when I was fucking 14 or mm-hmm. 15, however old I was. And like they're like screaming so passionately about like brotherhood and like yeah. never fucking giving up on your fucking friends. And like, <laughs> with, like I'm with you till the fucking end. Yeah. And like I, at the time I just remember thinking like, hell yeah. <laughs> but I had never faced anything challenging in my life that would require right. any sort of brotherhood or <laughs> like any kind of allegiance from another human being. Yeah. Um, that's what also earth crisis back to them for a second. They also cite like other hardcore bands, like losing their edge and they wanted to let the fans know that they could rely on them to stay true and stay hardcore. I was really relieved when, when I heard about that. You're really what <laughs> relieved because <laughs> I have been really freaking out about thinking about earth crisis. Yeah. Breaking edge. Hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you posted this in our Slack channel, uh, but uh, Moby recently, Moby known for, I don't know, being annoying. And also, he lied about a relationship he had with Natalie Portman. Yeah, that was real creepy. That was real weird. Real weird. What are you doing, and dude? He, and he like doubled down on it when like, she was like, that didn't happen. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you think you were going to get away with that? Like, everyone's going to read your book and be like, oh, cool, dude. What did date Natalie Portman? <sighs> yeah. And like, just, it'd be fine. Anyway, um, he recently got a tattoo on his neck mm-hmm. that said in like a uh, bold Helvetica uh-huh. vegan for life. Yeah. That is uh, you know, pretty subtle, subtle move there guy. Yeah. Also just be vegan for life. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, you're doing it. I, God, there's so much wrong with that. It yeah. looked so that is like one of the cringiest photos I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Cause the Instagram photo is like, it's like all raw from just getting done. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's all puffy and pink around it. And it's like, you're like, watch it. I mean, you know, you've seen like cringy tattoos. Like you're seeing someone has freshly made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Yeah. There's so many, <laughs> even if you, even if you, I would hope that if I came to you and I was like, Frank, I have a tattoo idea. I am deeply committed to getting this type of tattoo. Uh-huh. I want to get a neck tattoo that says vegan for life. That I'm not budging on. Uh-huh. I'm thinking bold Helvetica on the side <laughs> of my neck. I'm hoping that you would say, I hear what you're saying that you're not willing to budge on the neck placement and the message, <laughs> but maybe there's a cooler way to do this. Yeah, maybe there's like a more subtle way to do it. Maybe try upper lower, not all caps. Yeah. <laughs> maybe try like uh, you know a smaller, smaller typeface. Maybe like something more artful. Maybe a script. Yeah, a really like flowy script that like wraps your neck. Oh, so you can't read it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
man okay yeah holy I mean, shit i bet he likes earth crisis <laughs> yeah oh yeah i bet he has like an earth crisis poster in his apartment like, uh, those guys are still staying true there's a really amazing episode of heavyweight the podcast uh-huh. um which if you haven't listened to it, it's, it's a podcast by Jonathan Goldstein who used to be on this American life. And now he does his own show and, uh, he attempts to write wrongs for people basically. Like if you have something weighing on you and one of his friends knew Moby, they were roommates before Moby's first like major breakthrough album came out. And you know how Moby, I don't know if you know of Moby's music at all. I I have, I know it enough. Right. So his first album, like all of his big hits, they all have samples of like, uh, like, um, uh, like old Americana, like, uh, like coral, not coral, but it's like, it's like, um, I don't know what the genre is, but it's like old African American, like, songs yeah not like really old like like vintage like 1920s like yeah you know uh, extreme you know like pre, like delta blues and stuff like, sure. like pre-delta blues yeah. anyway so uh don't correct me on that it doesn't matter but anyway <laughs> uh so moby got those samples because his roommate bought a box set of that music and and bought it because he really liked it. And Moby asked to borrow it and never gave it back. Interesting. And then they had like they had a, they didn't have a falling out, but they just sort of drifted apart. And Moby went on to be super famous because of this album that was built on a box set of CDs that this guy owned. And he was just like, "I want my CDs back," and I want him to acknowledge that like. I am responsible for this pivotal moment in his life. Like he wouldn't even know about this music unless he borrowed it from me. And it's, it's a really wonderful episode. Like they go and find Moby and talk to him. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, they fully confront him. It's great. And he's like, yeah, this wasn't my idea. Uh, I don't remember what the resolution is or if there's a resolution, but they, they all like kind of know each other. So it's not like, you know, the confrontation is like, Hey man, it's me, your old roommate. Remember when you <laughs> borrowed that box set off me and then got super famous and never talked to me again? Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's one of those guys that thinks he's really important. And I think what he does is like really like powerful. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen him pop up at a comedy show in New York? No, I have seen him at like multiple UCB shows. Is he funny? Nope. He's really good friends with comedians. Yeah. Um, and uh so yeah i saw him at i think at one of the dave hill shows he's really good friends with dave hill um but yeah he's just like super self-important and uh i don't think i'm i don't think i'm being hyperbolic when i say that uh he is coasting off the success of his stuff from like the 90s of course like he, he hasn't done anything relevant since then has he not that I'm aware of. Anyway, this is uh, He's talking very, trash on yeah, Moby. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to like hit <laughs> on Moby. With Frank and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at his Instagram feed now, and it's like a photo of him. It's brutal. On the Discord porch with Ian Mackay uh, talking about uh, animal rights. I'm glad that they're both into animal rights. That's cool. But if Moby thinks he's in the same arena as ian mckay in terms of like authenticity and like impact in that world 
Well, he's on his way to Congress to lobby for animal rights, for humane society. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's doing something. Anyway, all right, that's enough about the movie. It's fine. Listen, I'm sitting up here in my ivory tower all alone reading books about Charles Manson, watching Young Sheldon. I'm changing the world, okay? <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's Young Sheldon? Uh, well, I'm not really watching it, but it's, uh, it's the spinoff of Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. It's a prequel. Okay. Where they uh it's they show the childhood version of one of the characters. Huh. Um all right. Huge hit. So um should we pivot to, to other things or, or uh Yeah, what do you got? I got a couple notes. Uh I don't have many. I just woke up, you know, drunk this morning and realized I forgot my dad's birthday yesterday. <laughs> Fuck that up. Uh we're back in we're back in the pocket. Uh <laughs> Really blew that one. Uh, did you attempt to write that wrong? No. Or were you like, I got a podcast. I got to get out of here. <laughs> not yet. I, I plan on calling him or texting him. I've, I'm a little embarrassed. So I'm like, not sure which which way I want to go. I'm hoping I just don't forget again until tomorrow. Right. I hope I do it before tomorrow. Set yourself like 100 alarms on your phone. Yeah. That all say like, call dad. Like, hey, uh, whoops. Hey, uh, sorry, your birthday was yesterday, huh? Not only did I not get you anything, I just, I don't think about you enough, and I forgot about your birthday. I didn't, oof. I think this year is the first year that I didn't get anything for my dad on his birthday. Yeah. I called him, and I was like, hey, happy birthday, man. Yeah. But, like, my dad annihilates me with um, apathy. Uh-huh. So, like, every year, <laughs> I... Uh, so my my dad likes such few things. Yeah. That uh so he only likes trains basically. Trains and staring at a wall. Those are like <laughs> his two favorite things. So every year I go on Very Amazon similar. and I'm like look for, oh he likes to read too. So mm-hmm. I'm like I'll I'll just find a book about trains. I have purchased every book about trains that Amazon <laughs> offers over the years. Yeah. And finally I and when I buy him a book, I'll I'll talk to him two days later and say like, Hey, did you get that book? And he'll be like, Oh yeah, I read it. And it's down in the basement. He reads a book a day. Huh? I think he skims. I think he's a skimmer. Does he like the books? Couldn't tell you. He doesn't have anything to say about the book. Doesn't say thanks. Doesn't say he liked it. Oh, there's say an interesting point about this book. Like, yeah. It's just like, Hey, you got me that book. So I read it <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> there is no feeling of any kind can you just, how about you save me a few clicks and I just don't get any more books because you don't seem to give a shit. Do you think he would care if you didn't get him a book? Well, I didn't this year. (laughs) And his reaction was exactly the same as when I got him books. Unfortunately, my dad is very sensitive. So I know it bothers him that I forgot his birthday. But he's bad at communicating, so I won't have to hear much about it, thankfully. Here's what I would do. Go on Amazon. Order something that's like next day delivery. He doesn't like anything though. Whatever. <laughs> and then the best thing I could get him is like an Italian sub. You know, just something <laughs> I'll know he will eat and oh like. God. Oh my god! I know I've said this to you a million that's what times. I do. My dad discovered Jersey Mike's. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me this. Every time I talk to my dad, the only oh, thing right. he talks yeah, to me did, about yeah. is the last thing that he ate. Uh huh. And it's like, not the last thing he ate, but like the last thing that he discovered to eat. At Jersey Mike's. So Jersey Mike's is his last discovery. And I've had Jersey Mike's a million times. Yeah, it's fine. It's like Subway. Yeah. It's a, it's a little better than Subway. Okay, sure. It's a little better than Subway. <laughs> not by a lot. Sure. But sure. Um, he, 
he, so my dad, th- this is what a conversation with my dad is like. He's like, Eric, uh, let me ask you a question. You ever hear of uh, an outfit called uh, Jersey Mike's? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, dad, it's a sandwich place. I've had them a million times. He's like, let me tell you, they make sandwiches. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dad, I've, I've had Jersey Mike's a, a hundred thousand times. Like I, I know their sandwiches inside and out. They're fine. Whatever. I've had Jersey Mike's. Everybody has everybody. It's like, you know, I was driving down route Two Thirty Eight the other day and you know, down by, uh, when you get past the big Oak tree and you make that right. Anyway, I was driving out there. I didn't have anything to do. And I was out there and I saw this place. It's called Jersey Mike's. They make subs. And I'm like, yeah, dad, everybody's had Jersey Mike's. They're fucking everywhere. Everybody has had these fucking things. And he goes on this. It, it, and are you getting annoyed with him as he's talking? Yeah. I'm literally saying over and over. Yeah. Dad, I've had them a million times, a million times. Everybody's had them. Everybody's had Jersey Mike's. Everyone. Yeah. And he just plows forward with his, his, his experience yeah. of discovering Jersey Mike's. And then he always ends every food story with the same, the same line. He says, Tell you what, Eric, son of a bitches are good. <laughs> Doesn't matter what he's talking about. Every single food story, son of a bitches are good. As the, <laughs> as if as if he was so primed to think it was right. garbage, right? That he had a revelation, and he <laughs> needs you to know. Every time he says that, I want to just fucking open that door and whip my fucking phone out of this place. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad has less. He doesn't really take you on a journey the way your dad does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, he'll ask you very, something very mundane and you'll respond and he'll have no follow-up <laughs> as if he's not prepared for the conversation. <laughs> it's like, oh, so uh, you, you're cooking a lot? Nope. <laughs> That's oh it. man, that would have been a great Ooh. moment to have crickets <laughs> yes. for a drop. Yeah, next right. time. Notes. So <laughs> it's a lot of those. And uh, so uh, how's Brooklyn? How's, how's the job? good okay that's it cool cool cool. (laughs) yeah um so yeah i i can get him anything he once asked me i think i've talked about this before he asked me to stop buying him clothes um because i was like i don't know you all got you like a hoodie or something i'm guessing nothing ever fits or he didn't like it right because i never saw him wearing it hats he'll wear a hat but uh it's hard to fuck up a hat but clothes, otherwise, he does not want. Um, I really, I, I don't know. So Get him a hat that says whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'll just send him a pizza. That I mean, how can you be mad about that? Exactly. I mean, it's pizza. That's going to be my new thing. Every year, every every holiday, you're getting a pizza. Kids ask, get everybody gets a pizza for Christmas. Ask them to spell out "Happy Birthday" with pepperonis on it. Yeah. So I told my sister. I my sister has been like she has a garden in her backyard and she's been growing vegetables. And every couple of days, she'll send me a photo of like whatever new vegetables she has, like her new bounty. Right. And I'm a supportive. I'm a supportive brother. Cool. Great. Sure. Great hobby. Zucchinis look good. Yeah. Great tomatoes. Proud of you. <laughs> like what? Yeah. It's cool. You know. Yeah. I'm enthusiastic. Whatever. Sure. And so I started brewing my own kombucha. Nice. And uh, so I sent her a photo of my my brew. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we're sharing. We're both making stuff. No feedback. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, that's kombucha. She says, weird. And I was like, why Why is it weird? She's like, oh, it just seems totally random. Okay. Thanks. uh, Thanks for your support. And she said, 
you know, I was like, uh, she said, is it moonshine at first? What? I was like, would that be better from brewing moonshine? Does she live now? outside the, the halo of kombucha awareness? Apparently. Yeah. I told her everybody's getting fucking kombucha for Christmas this year. I guess kombucha is obscure. I mean, yeah, it, it's obscure outside of like, I guess, a metropolitan area, right? I don't know. Yeah, we're all fucking up to our eyeballs in booch here in the city, <laughs> but outside. <laughs> like, can you find it in Jackson? Probably not. I bet you can. I, I, I would bet 10 bucks you can't go to It's in the aisle that she skips when she goes grocery shopping. Maybe. I'm, I mean, That's she lives in Bethesda, shit. Maryland, which is like a yuppie area. I'm sure they have it there. I don't know. Every Whole Foods in the country has kombucha, no question. Just looking for some support and did not get any at all. Um, next time she sends you a photo of her vegetables, just be like, what, what's that? A plant growing in some dirt? Who cares? <laughs> and she said, she said random when I said kombucha. Random. She's like, random. Yeah. It, right. how, it, how is it random if it's something you drink? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But she's getting some for Christmas, so uh, tough shits. Man, she's going to hate it. Oh, my God. Is she yeah. not going to enjoy that? Yeah, and then tell me I'm weird the whole time. <laughs> that would be funny, though, to give everyone a pizza for every holiday. Absolutely. Uh, looking at my notes here, anybody who's listened to this, listened to us on a podcast before knows that I, I take very copious notes. I'm going to text my dad right now to see if he's home, so I'm going to order him a pizza without, without wishing him a happy birthday. I'm going to ask him if he's home. Okay. Uh, I support that. I... I have several notes. Um, I saw a man carrying a tank of turtles down the street the other day. <laughs> okay. And uh, I watched a guy utterly destroy Habana Outpost one day when I went there for lunch. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, that was a good story. Dude fucking raged out. Uh you know, not much of a story there. He just like fucking hulked out. I think he got like two margaritas in the afternoon and lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did, was he angry about something? Did they insult him or what? I, I don't know what he was angry about. Uh, I was there with my friend fives and we were, we had lunch and the, you know, suddenly the, uh, the tip jar bucket that they have, yeah. uh, like went fucking whipping past us. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and we turned around and this guy was like hulking out, screaming at the cooks. Yeah. And he was like, fucking come out here. Let's fucking fight. And then he like tried to like bust his way into the little like cook like area. Yeah. Cause you know how they have like the outdoor, yeah, like yeah. it's like a food truck. And they just kept the door locked so he couldn't do anything. But then he like they had all these people's uh, food lined up on the on the counter and he fucking like grabbed it and flipped it over and like ruined everybody's food. It was awesome. Nice. I um, I uh, in in the the midst of other people's rage, I am so calm. Oh, I love it. It's very entertaining for me. It's like if I'm standing in line at Dwayne Reed and somebody fucking loses their mind because it's taking too long or whatever, that is like six months of using the headspace app for me. <laughs> I feel a calm that washes over me that is so deep and intense. When I watch this guy Hulk out and try to like rip this restaurant apart, I was like, I felt like. Like when, when the, you know, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, the CEO, you mm -hmm. know, like when he goes to Myanmar and, uh, <laughs> like doesn't speak for three weeks. Yeah. I walked out of there with that level of clarity. <laughs> You're like, yeah, man, let it rip. Go for it. Keep it up. Because I don't know what it is. It, it like triangulates my own. Um, it makes you feel less crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so like suddenly the context shifts in a way that like suddenly 
I'm like a Buddhist monk. Yes, yes. Whereas it, in normal life, so it, it creates a, a, a broader <laughs> scale of, of insanity. Now you're like somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. I, I live life in a narrow spectrum where like I'm always at the um, explosive rage end of that spectrum. Right. But when something like that happens, the whole spectrum shifts. I'm, I'm trying to think of, I've never lost my cool on like a public service person or like a, I have, I have, a wait staff or anything. I don't think I have either because in those situations, I am so sympathetic to the fact that they are doing a job that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel so bad for anybody that I'm asking to do anything yeah. that I would never give them a hard time. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, my dad says, I asked my dad if he's home. I texted him. He said, yes. <laughs> Till about three 30. Okay. So it's maybe not a good time to, to uh, order him pizza. Oh, boom. You're going to get that pizza right in there. And he's going to be like, I just ate. <laughs> he's like, I'm full. I had to go to work. Um, the last thing that I had in my notes um, was that I went sailing the other day. Oh, right. Yeah. Was it like, um, what about Bob style? <laughs> no, it was more like cabin boy. Okay. Uh, no, it was, it, it was great. Uh, I took a sailing class because, uh, oh, I should tell the, the listeners if there's, you know, people who've been following the Frank and Eric uh, trajectory, which is the only years, people that are listening. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody else who stumbled across this, they're like, fuck these idiots. I like this new approach because I'm less uh, apologetic for not doing episodes and for like what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, I don't feel the pressure to keep doing what we were doing before to be funny and right. also to like keep the same level <laughs> yeah, of entertainment. That was, that was keeping me awake at night. <laughs> um yeah no no yeah yeah none of it matters (laughs) (laughs) my dad is off tomorrow maybe i'll order him pizza but i should i should know if he's home or not because i don't want them to like leave a pizza on his doorstep that'd be weird right you should yeah you definitely gotta find out if he's there hey happy birthday three days ago here's a pizza Uh, (laughs) killing it yeah fucking son of the year <laughs> i uh yeah so i gotta bug up my ass to take sailing lessons uh-huh. um because i watched this documentary called chasing bubbles a couple years ago is, about, it, is it about a chimpanzee uh no okay it is about a guy who um he is in his you know early to mid 20s and he's working as a stock trader and he just like decides he's done and buys a sailboat and like sails to the Caribbean and he's from Indiana and has never sailed before. Like just learns on the way. It's always nice that stock traders and finance guys are always able to change your lives. Yeah. I love a good story <laughs> of a rich guy being able to turn things around. Yeah. Well, he was sleeping in his life car. Experience. He, he like didn't even have an apartment. He was sleeping in his car outside the stock exchange in Chicago. He was wow. like, uh, weird dude yeah yeah. um but he was like yeah i just want to get some cash so i can go do something interesting and he chose to uh learn to sail and he did that by buying a boat and sailing down the east coast to the caribbean fucking terrifying absolutely (laughs) like mind-boggling levels of terror i feel like sailing isn't something you you can just figure out once you're on you can on a boat i mean yeah but like you hear the success stories. I guess so. You don't hear about the failures because yeah. they're dead. 
<laughs> not something I would do. Yeah. That would, oh my God. That would fucking terrify me. Uh, it, easily one of the most inspirational documentaries I've seen in the past, like five to 10 years. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Anybody who's interested. Uh, but he gets to the Caribbean and decides that he wants to circumnavigate the globe. Okay. And he does. Okay. And it's amazing. It's just the, uh, by himself. No. So throughout his entire journey, he meets people who join him for like various legs of the journey. So most of the story in the documentary is told by those people and they, and his boat is called bubbles. And, and the story is about how like joining him for whatever period of time, like completely transformed their lives and how like it was just like the, this, amazing moment for them and it's just really really wonderful Mm. so i saw that two years ago when it came out and uh uh now that i am a kept man i i do not have a job uh so i have a little bit of free time and i i i went down this youtube rabbit hole of watching these sailing vloggers Mm -hmm. and there's this one guy who sailed from la to hawaii by himself in a 23 foot boat and he's like updating his vlog, you know, almost daily. Yeah. And it, I, I was, I started watching it and it was just like a level of terror that I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom. Just being out in the, like too far on the beach and not like on the ocean. Yeah. Scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if, yeah, if I go out too far and I'm like floating and stuff and then like suddenly I, I, I like stop floating and then I can't feel the bottom. Oof. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. There's a Loch Ness monster <laughs> under me. I'm about to get fucking eaten by a shark. No, I'm not worried about getting eaten by a shark. I'm worried about like drifting off and being in that movie open water. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like we're just floating on your own in the middle of nowhere. So that's what I was contemplating the whole time I'm watching this guy's YouTube channel. He's like, the videos that he posts, he's like, it's the middle of the night. I uh, just caught a half hour nap. And he's like swaying back and forth in the cabin of his boat. And he's like, you know, the waves are crashing over the boat. So I had to like rig up the hatch with this, with this shoe, shoelace no. to tie it shut. And I'm like, there is so little between you and total annihilation. Yes. Like, and it, like, I, it, it, it's, it's like a level of remoteness that I can't deal with. It's a, it's a, yeah. a lack of control that I can't deal with, Yep. but he makes it to Hawaii and has a great time. And you know, it, it's totally fine. Um, but I got fascinated and I was, and I started thinking about a sailboat and I realized that I didn't understand how sailboats work. Okay. I was like, how do you pick a direction to go? How can you just say, I'm going to go in that direction? Like what if the wind's not blowing that way? Yeah, yeah. But that's not how sailboats work. <laughs> you can go any direction in a sailboat. Uh, it's just a matter of technique. Um, and, uh, so I, I started reading up on how sailboats work and I was completely fascinated by the mechanics of it. And that's when I was like, I got to go try this. So I took a two day sailboat class and now I am certified by the American sailing association or something to do what, uh, to uh, operate a keel boat, which is like, a just a standard, you know, sailboat. So would you get your next certification? Uh, yeah, I thought about doing the next one. The next level is, uh, an overnight trip and it goes from the Harbor out here to, uh, Sandy hook, New Jersey. And then you come back Yeah, and you crew on the boat. So like the lessons that I took, it was me and two other people. Uh, but like then the next one would be on a larger boat and you have like a specific duty. 
Okay. Um, and I think you rotate like through the different jobs, but yeah, yeah. you, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about, I'll, I'll probably do that. We're at the end of the sailing season, so I might yeah. just wait till next year to do it. But it was super cool. It was super fun. Seems like a new fun little hobby. I'm definitely not going to buy a boat. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to like, I don't know, I might join a club, I guess. Yeah. But it's one of those things that I always feel totally inadequate doing. Or like, you know, being on a boat and being out in the water and selling that shit. That was also one of the things that I was confronting with this, where it's like, I don't know anything about this. Like, I don't understand the feeling of it. Like, yeah, I, right, right. so we went out and did it and we're out on the harbor here in New York, like, um, at the mouth of the Hudson, uh, where the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island and all that shit is. And, um, you know, like we're, we're out there and we're fucking sailing and like the boat is leaning over like 45 degrees and like, like dipping into the water. And I was like, I was honestly freaking out the first day. I was yeah. like, is this cool? Is this okay? And the instructor was just like, so bored she was almost asleep <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so it was a weird thing to do but it was fun I enjoyed yeah it. um do you think you could turn any of these hobbies into something you could like teach a class doing no like like what like sailing i don't Definitely know not. like you you're sailing you're making leather shit you're brewing beer you're making podcasts i think that anything that i Anything that's a hobby that I try to turn into a paid gig. Um, well, the paid gig is teaching someone how to do it, though. Yeah, I don't know. I had a friend who like got started, who works at Skillshare, and she started working there like really early. Yeah. And she was always trying to get me to teach classes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just couldn't, I don't know. And there's something about like, something about like thinking about teaching it or teaching it that like extinguishes my excitement about sure it. i think it's because my like i when i have a hobby i indulge myself so deeply it's a very singular thing yeah yeah like no one else is involved yeah yeah i, I guess I'm, I'm i'm different i get a kick out of like showing someone how to do something or, like sharing that thing that i'm doing i like sharing the result yeah yeah right, right, right. i'm like hey check out this thing i did and people are like that's so weird and i'm like yeah it's cool i was like let's do this together and i was like no <laughs> is there anything you worse it by yourself is it there any is there anything worse than being enthusiastic about something and the other people being like no nah. yeah it sucks or even worse they're like okay it, maybe you should take an interest in jersey mics huh <laughs> my dad gotcha, well, no. before jersey mics his thing was this restaurant he went to uh, the blue something in like nanakoke pennsylvania and he bought this steak it was a delmonico steak and I, he told me this story a hundred times before he moved on to Jersey Mike's. And he was like, Eric, I'll tell you what, that steak was bigger than the plate. Can you imagine something worse than that? Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah. I just want like a good small steak. <laughs> I don't want... I don't want to sit there chewing meat for like an hour and a half. To my dad, volume <laughs> it, it trumps everything else. Trumps quality. Oh, my God. Yeah. But thank God he moved on from that to... Uh, Jersey Mike's. How many times can you eat that steak? Do you eat it once? You're like, okay, I'm good. I'm meat for like two years. He he got to eat. He got to eat from the same steak twice. Oh, cool. He, so he had leftovers the next. That's day. That's what everyone wants. Leftover that steak. Was so great. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking dry ass. Fucking. Mm. Uh, when I go home, I like to get. Uh, I like to get wings at this local place. And last time I was home, I was like, Hey, Dad, uh, I'm just gonna hop in the car and head over to Bottlenecks and grab some wings. It's a yeah. local bar. And he was like, Oh, you don't need to get wings. I got, 
I got them right here in the freezer. And he pulled out these like buffalo chicken nuggets that he bought at like a wholesale place. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I told him no. Yeah. And also like, I like to go to bottlenecks and get the wings. Like, yeah. it's, it's a whole experience. Also, it's like sure. $7. It's not a big <laughs> deal. But my dad was like, I'm going to save you a few bucks. And, uh, he brought out this like 30 pound bag of like, like a sack of buffalo chicken nuggets. And on the back, it was like great for weekends. <laughs> great for weekends when you don't when you don't want to even you, you get out of bed you could just wheel a microwave up next to your bed <laughs> and microwave some of this garbage anyway uh every meal covered yeah that's gross great for weekends that's yeah, very gross um yeah i don't have too many notes i saw a woman um i was riding the the four or five going uptown on an express uh fairly recently and, uh, you know, there, there's a part where it's kind of a long trip in between stops in the express. Yeah. And it was rush hour. So a pretty crowded train. And, uh, I, <laughs> I was alerted to it. Well, cause I could smell it, but also the guy behind me basically jumped out of his seat, but a woman started smoking on the train. Like she lit a cigarette underground while the train's moving Whoa! and just started smoking it. And everyone's like, fuck, <laughs> really freaked out. It was pretty funny. And then she just got off the train like nothing happened. I wonder what was going on there. That was one of the, the crazier things I've seen on, on the train. She, what was going on there was her not giving a fuck about where she was. Do you think she was, she was French? No, she was not French. She was someone who does not care about where she smokes. Or wow. Around, yeah. One time I, there was a guy uh, who lit up a cigarette next to me on the platform. And everyone had that same reaction. Like, I feel like you're really, you know, you know that that is not cool. Yeah. So when you smell it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And uh, this guy started smoking next to me and I looked at him like, what are you doing? Dude. Was it crowded platform? Yeah. And everybody, you just saw like everybody's head snap around. Yeah. And I was like, and then he started like chatting with me. Like, that's funny. Like, hey, how you doing, man? Hey, you into this? Yeah. And I just like kept staring at the cigarette. Like, I, I can't, what? Yeah, what do you, I can't answer it's your question right now, man. This is fucking intense. What you're doing right now, yeah, yeah. you are breaking decorum in such an intense way <laughs> that I literally can't process it. And then finally, I he started telling me this story about how he was in town from somewhere else, and I was like, "Yo, man, you know you're not allowed to smoke down here, right?" And yeah. he was like, "Oh shit, really?" Like. I, that's I, funny. And, and he like immediately put it out and he was like, Oh fuck. Uh, I didn't realize that was a big deal. And I was like, yeah, man, that's why everybody's staring at you right now. Like yeah, that's yeah. crazy out of the ordinary. Right. And he was an otherwise very nice guy, but you know, he's obviously like a little off his rocker if he thought to light up in the subway. But, right. Right. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, I haven't had too many other like crazy, uh, subway experiences, which I'm happy about. I will say, uh, you know, working in Port Authority is uh, terrible all the time. Working like right next to it, um, it's basically like what the uh, what is it called? Hell? No, neighborhood in San Francisco. That's terrible. Uh, Mission? No, that's terrible. The Tenderloin. Yeah, it's basically the Tenderloin <laughs> of New York. Yeah, the Port Authority. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much, though. Um, but, 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 but I'm trying to find a new therapist. Uh, let me tell you, uh, you know, I, I sort of... Goog- ripping through topics. Googling around, <laughs> uh, looking for a therapist is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so then there's a moment when you're on Psychology Today, 
and you're like, okay, I'm looking for someone like, I guess near my work or near my apartment, but then it's uh, a list of ailments or a list of concerns that you have to choose from. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, which of these apply? <laughs> which of these is my problem? And I, I, I couldn't decide. I've done that a couple times and it's so frustrating because like you go through the whole fucking rigmarole, you go like, you know, you're, you're, you're going through this decision tree yeah that takes for fucking ever and finally they're like oh yeah like call one you know one of these three people and you call them all and they're like no nah, I'm, I'm i'm exactly full. I'm that's full. The best, basically what happened to me yeah i found one of my favorite authors listed as a psychologist on uh psychology today it's funny and i thought about booking an appointment just to <laughs> get, like like go in there and be like like halfway through the session just be like so um you wrote you wrote beat the reaper, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, who's the guy? Who's uh, I think it's, his name's Josh Dalzell. Okay. I think that's his name. Balzell Dalzell. I think it's uh, one of those two. Yeah. Uh, but he wrote beat the reaper and there's a sequel to it. Uh, and it, they're fucking great. It's like fast food, like just like yeah, really yeah. great, really great, um, fun and like, uh, action packed books and uh yeah he's a psychologist in new york yeah I, I don't know why i can choose multiple issues to to derive my ailments from or to derive like my what i'm seeking help for you gotta pick a big one <laughs> yeah right i need to pick like everything yeah you got well you have to have a main <laughs> the, and like, then the rest are like just... the world is pain like what like which one <laughs> they're all too specific i you pick an entree and several side dishes i think i went with like uh sports Sports problems or something <laughs> like athletic Sports issues, problems? athletic issues. I was being creative. I, I have a pulled groin and uh, also I want to die <laughs> and I can't stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so what do you think? You want to wrap this up? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a good, good episode length. We're over an hour. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't ask questions. I don't know if we're still going to do that. Um, we can do that in the next episode. I feel like the, our audience is a little cold, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do. I do have a couple of questions though. Do you want to, when did they come in, uh, from, uh, my other Slack channel from dad chat 2000. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which I'll is my, questions. my men's group Slack channel. Okay. Uh, more on that. If you guys are interested. Um, so, um, there's, you know, there's more questions about the seven inch, which is going to, Oh, yep. Eventually that is, Definitely still happening. We have plans. So listen, this is Frank and Eric. This is not Frank and Eric Internet Famous. Okay. <laughs> this is our opt out. This is a new We changed show. the name of the company. So therefore, right. we're no longer. We declared bankruptcy. Frank and Eric Internet Famous's but, mistakes. No, what I'm saying is we have not put That's the closing bookend on Frank and Eric Internet yeah, Famous we're, yet. We're going to release a box set. Yeah. We That's have what's, plans. What's to make sure that everyone is satisfied. They will get their physical media. They will get, uh, everybody's going to be happy with it. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. But this is a new thing. Okay. (laughs) This is a new show. You're it's like, you don't, you you know, you're, this is a different thing. You know, if you came for internet famous, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. This is like coming into whole foods with a complaint about Trader Joe's. Okay. (laughs) I get that. It's similar. But I can't help you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the things on the shelves look the same. Yeah. But but it's but it's different. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody is still really hot and hippies, but it's different. Yeah. I, I know you see the same people, <laughs> but it's different. The product, I know, the product looks exactly the same. 
But trust me. I know you want an orgy to break out in here, <laughs> but they're two different places. That's two different orgies, and I can't help you with either of them. There's a new logo. Um, so, uh... Uh, I've noticed that the entire Frank and Eric archive, Frank and Eric Internet Famous archive, has been removed. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk about doing this podcast? Oh! And the- <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the current moment, and what kinds of things you're surprised to put on tape in your 20s? Wait, 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 rewind. So can you talk about doing this podcast in this current moment, and what kinds of things you're surprised you put on tape in your 20s? Okay. I don't want to say anything controversial. Okay, then. Um. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a permanent installment on the board. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's it's probably okay to acknowledge that, like, the reason we closed the book on uh, Frank and Eric Internet Famous is that, like, we had this long tail of stuff that was just out there. Um, it's getting dicey. It's, it, uh, here's what I will say. I stand by the body of work. I don't stand by every single thing that I've said because, you know, we, we recorded for 10 years, over 10 years, probably. Seriously? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was, it was a decade. And like we documented a decade of our lives, lots of ups, lots of downs. Like we, for, for we, better, for worse. Yeah. It was a, uh, you know, a decade of our friendship, a decade of us settling into New York, a decade of us like, you know, growing up, like being in our twenties. And like during that time, you learn a lot about like what's cool and what's not and what's uh, okay and what's not. And like the world changes around you. And like, there were things that I felt were funny when I, you know, when in the first, you know, year of our podcast that I would not think were funny in the 10th year of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't particularly think that either one of us said anything egregious. I'm not challenging anyone to dig anything <laughs> up, but like in my mind, uh, I don't think there's, I mean, there are definitely things that I wish I had not joked about. Sure. Um, but like, you know, there, 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 yeah, it's. I think that like our uh, listen, we're reviewing Firestorm by by, <laughs> by Earth Crisis, right? Uh, like, but but our podcast personas, our characters on the show, like they are who we are, and like that is complex and flawed, and uh, hopefully interesting to some people. And I, I I get the nature of this question. Like, I get what yes. they're basically they're saying like. Hey, how do you feel about being vulnerable on microphones in a world where people are like trying to catch you yes. doing the wrong thing? Yes. Right? Like, am I right to think that's what's of going on? Of course, because that's the world we live in now. It's, yeah. That happens constantly. Um, I, all I can say to like address that general vibe of the question is that like I stand by that body of work. Like, I think that the people who found value in what we do and who who still do hopefully find value in what we do. Like they get it. 
in there is a larger story that is told over those 10 years that is not you can't isolate to a single utterance or a single shitty joke or a single um moment of insensitivity or or whatever you know um i will not try to talk about this <laughs> in like uh lofty terms am i being too serious and yeah oh, I, I'm, well no no <laughs> respond as you wish but uh i'm not trying to to talk about anything that as if it was important or relevance oh i definitely uh, don't want to want anybody to think i think it's yeah, important i will say it, uh i'm happy if we were able to make some people laugh with the podcast or entertain anyone for an hour at a time. Uh, I feel shame about almost everything I do and regrets <laughs> and that applies to the podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe even more so. And, I'm, and I'm overwhelmed with shame for the first half of my day today. <laughs> so if you want me to try to take on a whole podcast, I, it's too much for me. So, uh, yeah, there are certainly things that, uh, I find regretful and embarrassing, uh, and happy to be moving forward. Yeah. I, but to be clear, I don't think that the person who asked this question is asking us to apologize. No, 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 they're, no, no. They're sort of asking like, well, maybe I don't know. You know, we, we're, uh, it's, it's a, div- it is obviously a different world now than it was in 2008 or whenever we recorded our first episode of a podcast ever. Right. Different world. Yes. Um, and that is undeniable. Yeah. And, you know, I think that like the biggest shift for me personally, I'm not trying to be too serious. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not. I swear to God. (laughs) I think that like what has changed for me over the course of doing this podcast is that like as time goes by, you realize that like things that you took for granted as like established norms that you could joke about are in fact not established norms for a lot of people. So like, uh, and you know, they never were, but, uh, I think being, uh, more aware of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that like there were, there were definitely times in my life when I didn't realize that I was a super privileged person hanging out with a a particular class of people. Yeah. So I thought like, sure, I can make a joke about these things because like we've all moved past this. People aren't suffering from this particular thing because like, obviously we all get that that thing that I'm joking about is like shitty and wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think in the past couple of years I've realized that like the fucking, wheel of progress has not spun forward as far as I thought it has. Uh, so yeah, you know, like we're, we're in a time where we're all evolving, you know, you gotta like be sensitive about shit and, uh, you know, be a fucking human being. What the fuck do you want from me? Uh, Um, dicks. I will. (laughs) Uh, Again, I will, uh, I will, uh, reiterate my feelings of shame and regret that are ever present. Um, and, uh, there's also, what have you learned most about yourselves and each other since the first episode of the podcast? Oh man. I mean, I've learned more about Eric than I would any other person in my life, any other way. Uh, that seems obvious. Um, and about myself, I don't know if I've learned more about myself. Uh, I think you have, Okay. Um. I, think this, I, I, I think that this has been, this has undeniably been a form of therapy for the both yes, of us. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Like, I think uh, knowingly or willingly or not, uh, it has 
far and away been like just a chance to sit and talk to your friend for an hour uh like uninterrupted is rare totally totally and so i just even that experience alone is interesting and valuable and oftentimes vulnerable and so yeah i'm thankful for that um what i've realized about myself i don't know i think i'm less uh interested in performance than i used to be when i first started the show Hmm. and less interested in like voyeurism um you mean like what do you mean by that like when when you say you're less interested in performance you mean like performing like the show is a performance sure totally and i think i'm less interested in the idea of performing Okay. Of like creating it in a way. Okay. Uh, kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> For the people who are tuning in. Uh, but if it could still be fun, then I would down and do it. <laughs> I think it was getting a little bit more uh I think I speak serious. for everyone when I say we're psyched. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I have complicated feelings about it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a level of like vulnerability involved. Uh, I think over, uh, I like this serious question. I know it's a serious question. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get too serious in the answer, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that what I will say, this is my one serious answer is that like few, I, I think it's rare that like you get the opportunity to be, to examine what you're doing the way we have over the past 10 years. Like not many people fucking fire up the microphones and sit there and like laugh about what they did last week. Yeah. yeah. And that brings on like a certain level of, uh, self-reflection. Um, also it really, I mean, there are things I've talked about on this show that I never thought I would talk to another human being about. Yeah. So I think that it allowed me to confront uh, some real ugly things in my own head uh, that to other people are just like, you know, funny stories on the show. You know, I hope I kind of wish the show would exist in a way where I can never meet people that listen to it. <laughs> but, Wouldn't that be ideal? Yes, certainly. But the people who I have met that have listened to the show, super re- rewarding uh, relationships. Yeah, Charles so, is great. I love Charles. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand there is like a level of like, I wish this could be like confessional quality. Like I yeah. I want to be able to just beam this out there and be guaranteed that no one ever. And it's truly anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're public figures, you know, so. <laughs> well, everyone's a public figure now. But uh, that's the weird part. <laughs> that's the weird part about like of everything like the way you engage with your friends and your job and and the world is everyone is a public facing figure that kind of freaks me out a little bit yeah i i feel like when we started frank and eric internet famous which is a different show than frank and eric i feel like we were really at the infancy of that yes yes for sure it still felt like charming and it had like novelty but it still felt like not it it felt like hey we're doing it was like hey we're making a putting on a show in our basement yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, like I had like, hey, this could be interesting or not, and no one will probably see it. Right, right, and uh, you know, not just the show, but like Twitter, right? Uh, everything, everything right, right. you do, it's like now there's this like microscope. Everything felt like so tossed off. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I thought of a joke, I'll tweet it. Who cares? Yeah, literally, yeah. no right. one looks at Twitter. Who cares? Right, right. 
And now the the president uses Twitter to address the American people, which well, is Well, it was like I, I didn't have to be responsible to speak to my ideas before. You know what I mean? To like explain my ideas before. Yeah. Like not me, but people, everyone. I'm really happy that we were able to, you know, like fully explain our ideas about Firestorm by Earth Crisis. <laughs> I think that like after this episode, I can cross that off the list. Oh, I have a good story about... Um a bag of poop uh, that I can tell oh! <laughs> the, next, the next episode. Um, That'll be a journey. Great. Yeah. Uh, are there any other questions? Why do they have to <laughs> fucking come at us with such hard questions? That's fucking Daniel for you. Um, do they have any questions about uh, where to find a good sub in New Jersey? No, no. I know a great place. But it's uh, it's a little place <laughs> called Tracy Mike. A friend of mine lives above a Subway sandwich shop in Brooklyn. And their apartment always smells like Subway. Does it smell like uh, like the gross Subway smell, or does it smell like the bread? Whatever, like the thing that permeates everything. Yeah, it's just sort of like mop water and meat. Yeah, and I guess kind of the bread too. Yeah, but it's not a good smell anymore. Definitely not. Um, let me just make a note to tell that poop story next time. <laughs> That's going to be on our premium feed. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be some paid content. Now that we've whetted your appetite. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, so this has been Frank and Eric. Yeah. Uh, episode one. Episode one. Yeah. Uh, uh, September 2019. Yeah. You can um, find us at frankanderic.com. We have a Facebook page, but we're we might take it down. We might put it. In a, I don't know. We might do something with it. We're, we're not sure yet. Yeah, uh, not sure what's going on with the Facebook page. The Facebook page has been a ghost ship for the past year, so yes. we gotta like figure. We literally, I don't even have Facebook anymore, so we gotta go in there and like see what the fuck's going on with it. Um, but yes, you can find us. We're Frank and Eric on all the social media. If stuff. you if you want to f- hear specific episodes of. Frank and Eric, Internet Famous, the other podcast that is now dead. Yeah. Um, contact us and we can send you an episode. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll suss you out and see if you're cool. For a couple bucks. Um, also, oh, we should say that Just going kidding. forward, um, currently, this is episode one. Uh, the plan going forward is that the feed that you are subscribed to right now and listening to us, hopefully you're subscribed, but um, it will only have the current episode on it. There you go. It is like, you know, like this American life. It's Frank, Eric, and Ira Glass. We're all up here. We're, <laughs> uh, it, we're, so we're, we want this to be episodic in nature. We want it to be relevant and current. Um we're we're gonna think about what we might do with back ish or back episodes and you know kind of like figure out how to navigate that. But um, do we have a mailing list? We do not. Mm. We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- listen, episode one by episode two, I'll have some of that sorted out. Huh. Uh, we will, I think, a newsletter would be like a great way to tell yeah, people that yeah. we're doing stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, the way it's gonna work right now. Subscribe to the feed. You will be able to download the most recent episode. Uh, if you have it set up to download episodes automatically, like you'll download them as they come in. But when a new episode arrives, the old episode will be removed from the feed. That's the current setup. Yeah, uh, get it while it's hot. Exactly. Kind of situation. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, happy to be back. 
hoping you're happy to have us back. Uh, yeah, that's it. Listen to us. Yeah, and yeah sure. Stay positive. We're not. Yeah. All right.